This is the biggest game in football. It's going to be awesome, man. Great Super Bowl will be. That's the Super Bowl, right? Job's not finished. Wolf and Luke's Super Bowl 57. Bold predictions. All right, we are out here at Media Row. Coverage brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings. Wolf, we have um, we have made it pretty deep into the week without getting crazy as far as Super Bowl predictions. Yeah. Well, now you're on the hook. You want to get crazy Let's now? Let's get crazy. That's All right, you came to the right place, dude. <laughs> You've got your five shots of espresso. It's, uh, it's time to get wild. So... Do you want to start with the game prediction, or do you just want to do some bold predictions that we'll give our game predictions here at the end? Let's do that, okay? Yeah, yeah, not the game prediction right right now. Let's just talk about some things that might actually transpire in the game. Is that okay? Let's save the game prediction for Monday. Okay, what is your first prediction you'd like to make right there? Uh, Hassan Reddick. Two sacks. <laughs> two sacks. Start there. Let's start there. Two sacks okay, yeah, for Hassan um, Reddick. It's, is... it's not easy to sack Patrick Mahomes either. So that's not just a like, well, he was able to get sacks last week. He was able to sack whoever San Francisco's quarterback was. No, Patrick Mahomes is tough to get to, even an injured Patrick Mahomes. But Hassan Reddick is uh, is on a mission right now, and he's on a he's, he's he's doing it too. It's not just he wants to do it; he's actually doing it. Yeah, to your point right there. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs are really really good in terms of protecting Patrick Mahomes, number two, and sacks per attempt allowed. Now, all of a sudden, you're facing the number one team in the National Football League in sacks per game. You're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. This is an incredible matchup right here. It's so big. Yeah, you brought it down to Hassan Reddick, but for me, this is a huge component of this game going forward. The number one, based on it's just listen to this, the number one pass offense in the league, the Kansas City Chiefs, in terms of yards per game and yards per play. Passing yards per play, passing yards per game against the number one passing yards per game, passing yards per play defense in the National Football League. Are you kidding me? This is strength against strength, and something is going to have to give, and I think it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs that will give in this situation. What will that do to the game? Because to your point, if you're telling me Hassan Raddick has two sacks, how many sacks does Brandon Graham have as well? I'm going to throw in another two right there. If they get four, five, six sacks against Pat Mahomes, it could be a long day. I think the over-under for sacks in the game by both teams I had heard was five and a half because it is so difficult to get to Patrick Mahomes. But, you know, since this is bold predictions, I'll stick with Reddick getting two. But, you know, you might be right. It, it might be as simple as Kansas City focuses so much on Hassan Reddick that one or two of the other three guys with double-digit sacks on Philadelphia's defense is just able to get to Mahomes. I think they're going to get to Mahomes a couple times. Now, Patrick Mahomes is so good that I'm expecting this game, if you want another bold prediction, to come down to the final two minutes. I mean, the last two Super Bowls in Glendale were two of the most memorable Super Bowls of all time with the David Tyree helmet catch and obviously the Russell Wilson throwing to Malcolm Butler instead of just handing off to Marshawn Lynch over and over and over and over again. How about this right here, too? Um, The Eagles' rushing attack against the Kansas City Chiefs' rush defense. That, to me, it's always been the Kansas City Chiefs. It's always been their Achilles heel, their rush defense. This year, not so much. They've done a better job, I think, because Chris Jones has done a much better job throughout the course of this season. The the unbelievable three technique that Chris Jones truly is, but 
this to me is going to be a matchup offensively for the Philadelphia Eagles. Can they actually run the ball to the degree in which we have seen them, especially in the postseason, run the ball and run it with success? If that is the case right there, again, it could be a long day for the Kansas City Chiefs. That is a huge matchup to me. Will Chris Jones be able to help mitigate the Philadelphia Eagles and their rushing attack? We'll see. Is there any way in your mind, because there isn't in my mind, that that Kansas City wins this game without Travis Kelsey having a big game? And I, I'm sure Philadelphia's game plan, to a certain extent, is let's make somebody other than Travis Kelsey beat us because he's beating everybody else. So that's the smart thing to do. And I'm not saying they can't slow him down. I just don't know if the Chiefs can win if Philadelphia does slow Travis Kelsey down. Like, I saw his over-under for catches of 7.5. I think Kansas City's only chance of winning is if he gets in the end zone at least once. Yeah. And he probably will because Travis Kelsey. Yeah. You know, once again, it, it, those two things that I already talked about, and I, I get what you're saying about Travis Kelsey, but it, it comes down to my third matchup of this game. Jalen Hurts versus Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> when you say Travis Kelsey, you have to tie in Patrick Mahomes because there's no way Travis Kelsey is going to get over seven and a half receptions in this game unless you protect Patrick Mahomes. And if Pat Mahomes is protected, it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. Yet at the same time, I'm finding myself, the longer this week goes on, looking at the Philadelphia Eagles and thinking, you know what? They continue to prove they are no fluke all season long. I have the same feeling about Jalen Hurts that I had about Kurt Warner when Kurt Warner splashed onto the NFL scene. Look, everybody, it's Kurt Warner. He was working in a, at, at some, he was stocking shelves at some quick stop. You know, and, and suddenly, look, he's he's here in the National Football League, and he's leading the Rams to a Super Bowl. I I had the same feeling. This is the week it's going to fall off for Kurt Warner. This is the week the wheels are going to fall off for this young kid. I love him. I respect him. He's playing really well. But this is the week right here. I said the same thing about Jalen Hurts for the most part. Now, getting around to it. If they get after Pat Mahomes the way I think that the Eagles are going to get after him, I think ultimately the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win this game. There is um, there there is certainly a path where if Philadelphia wins this game, you could see them running the NFC for the next couple of years. I mean, they Ooh. may anyway, but if they... This is what it looks like when you are on, on the cusp of being a really dominant team for a while. Like nobody really knows quite yet what Jalen Hurts is capable of on Sunday. Like, nobody really knew what he was capable of coming into this season. Like yeah, you know, we've talked about this. I thought the Eagles would be good this year. A lot of people thought the Eagles would be good this year. Did we think Jalen Hurts was going to be essentially the runner-up for MVP? Probably would have won MVP if he didn't get hurt. And I don't know. You know, if they if they win this game on Sunday. Day and they're the defending Super Bowl champs. Obviously, the perception changes dramatically going into next year. Who in the NFC is built to take them out next year? Other yeah. than maybe San Francisco? Maybe? Yes. I mean, things change. It's the NFL. Stuff changes quickly and nothing is guaranteed. I'm just saying this is what it looks like when a team's about to go on a run of being really tough to beat for a few years. So once again, for me at least, Basinonians going into Super Bowl 57 right here, this is going to be the matchups, the three matchups that I'm 
really looking for right now. The pass defense of the Philadelphia Eagles against the pass offense of the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles' ability to run the ball against the Chiefs' ability to stop them from running the ball. And then the quarterback matchup, Jalen Hurts v. Pat Mahomes. Man, it's hard to say that out loud and pick against Pat Mahomes, but that's how good this Philadelphia Eagles pass defense is, including their pass rush, and that's not a coincidence either. We'll do uh, we'll do score predictions later on in the show. Today is the last day for your chance to win Super Bowl tickets. Text SUPER to 620-620 to register and listen for your name all day today. We have not qualified anybody in our show yet today, which means in the next two hours and 45 minutes we are obviously going to. That's SUPER to 620-620 for your chance to win Super Bowl tickets. We come back. What is the future of DeAndre Hopkins after he met with Monty Austin Fort? Kind of a big deal. That's uh, it's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Media Row. I want to remind you, Media Row coverage is brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings. Wolf getting back to uh, Cardinals here since they kind of got lost in the shuffle over the last couple days for good reason since the Cardinals have kind of been off the radar the last couple days since they haven't hired a coach yet and the Suns went out and <laughs> made a gigantic trade, one of the biggest in uh, in Valley sports history. Uh, but lost in the shuffle, DeAndre Hopkins met with Monty Austinfort and that's sort of a big deal because in terms of personnel on the field, you can make a case D-Hop is one of the first dominoes to fall for this team. Are you are you bringing him back? And if so, then what does that say about your approach to next season? It's hard to say you're rebuilding if you're keeping DeAndre Hopkins, whereas if you are rebuilding, DeAndre Hopkins is the guy you could move and get the most in return for. Yeah, it's not only just about rebuilding and trying to rebuild, I think, specifically on the line of scrimmage offensively and defensively, but it's also you're rebuilding your culture or structuring your culture right now. And we all know that DeAndre Hopkins feels as though he knows how to prepare his body the best to play in an NFL game, and that sometimes doesn't include practice. And I would imagine going forward that that's exactly going to be part of the culture for the Arizona Cardinals that will not be negotiable is practice. We're going to practice hard. We're going to be a team. I could be dead wrong on this. We'll have to wait and see, of course. But to me, I think that's one of the things this culture is going to include going forward is we practice and we practice hard when we do that. Well, we all know, again, D-Hop is not always on board with doing that, believing he has the way to get his body ready to play in an NFL game. Having said all of that right there, it's one of the reasons why I do believe Believe that they will move DeAndre Hopkins because they certainly will have the opportunity to do that as well. Well, yeah, I mean the teams. If you, if you announce, hey, yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, and move DeAndre Hopkins, then teams are going to be like, hey, yeah, get team again. They're City already calling. Would would be lining up for that. This is uh, Hopkins after he met with Monty Austin Fort yesterday. We definitely talk, uh, not not so much about my future, but we had a good conversation, which is good. And um, you know, that's all you can ask for, man. I want to sit down and, and, and talk with, with the gym. What's your first impressions of him? Uh, great guy, great guy, man. Um, he comes from a good background of, of you know organizations, and he's been around great people. He's a tell. We'll see. I mean, they're not going to just announce it today, but we'll see, right? 
Yeah, 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 it was just it was so great. No, no, it was great. It was great just to to hear that. That's median. That is just median Uh, right there. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is a master at speaking median. And yeah, okay. So he answered your question, and all is well. Next, next. What else are we talking about? Uh, How about this? Buddha Baker, right? Buddha talks. You tend to listen, and obviously the Cardinals don't have a head coach. Everybody has weighed in. Uh, What does What does Kyler Murray need for his next head coach? Who should be the next head coach of this team? Should be offense, defense. How about Buda Baker from Up and Adams yesterday on what Kyler Murray needs in the Cardinals' next head coach? I feel like it's going to be more structure, you know, understanding what to do, understanding the little intricate details of the game plan week in and week out. And um, I definitely feel like that coach is going to have to need that for Kyler and for the whole team because, you know, we kind of need that. We need that, We need that. you know, that foundation, that, that front-runner type person that is going to um, – you know, show us what we have to do before the week to win, and then we'll go from there. And then more from Buddha on uh, how he wants the next coach to be authentic. Just be real. You know, whatever that is, just be yourself. Don't be anything else. Don't be anything different. You don't got to try to put any type of front with anybody. Just be real. Be who you are, whether that's a, you know, a loud mouth or whether that's a quiet, more, you know, humble-ish type person. So just be whoever you are, and, uh, you know, we'll go from there. Something that I really like is that Eagles coach. Um, he's, he's, who, he's who he is. Nick Sirianni. Exactly. So just seeing that is definitely special as a player. Cardinals need you as their next head coach, Wolf, Nick Sirianni. Yeah, okay, there it is right there. I love Maybe what that's Buda, why they waited. I just love what Buda Baker said right there because, Basinonians, do you think anybody other than Buda Baker gets himself ready to actually go out and play in a game like Buda Baker? No way. Buda Baker is that guy. He doesn't need anybody else. He doesn't need a loud mouth. He doesn't need a guy that's quiet and humble. He doesn't need that. Go out and hire whoever you want to hire. Bring him in here, but just be real because you know what i don't need you to be anything else there's a lot of guys luke who um don't believe that there's a lot of guys who will point to their coach you it was you you didn't i I played poorly because of you you didn't prepare me for this game the way that you should have can i tell you right now basin onions there are a lot of guys that point the finger at somebody else and i cannot take it cannot tolerate it but there are a lot of guys in the locker room who do that. Be responsible for yourself. Personal responsibility is what is needed. And that's what Buda Baker just addressed right there. You know what? If he's a loud mouth, that's great. Bring him in here. If he's a quiet, humble guy, that's great, too. Bring him in here. It's not going to impact me because I'm going to prepare myself to play the game. And that's why players matter. That's why you've got to go out and get more players that think like Buda Baker. Uh, this is I'm figuring this out live on the air, so I'm going to turn to Maloney on this one. Is is this legit? The Cliff Kingsbury interviewing for the offensive coordinator of the Houston Texans because it's, it's it's all over Twitter. I mean, not that I've expected you to vet everybody on Twitter, but that's out there. So the Wi-Fi in Thailand is probably very good, yeah. but um, sure it is. what I'm seeing is I did not see anything specifically on what the job is. So Dan Graziano from ESPN did say, per sources, former Cardinals coach Cliff Kingsbury is in Houston today speaking to the Texans about a job on D'Amico Ryan's coaching staff. Okay. Because I'm seeing OC, but it, that's not from Dan Graziano. Either way, Houston, the Thailand of the uh, 
What is that? South? Okay, what so he South? bought a ticket Midwest? back. South? I don't know what Texas is. The Thailand of Texas. Yes. Okay, good. He bought a ticket back. <laughs> One-way ticket to Houston. We, we heard that. One-way ticket to Thailand. <laughs> he's been now, gone for a these, month. I, I know. And the Cardinals still don't have a coach. Do you think when he landed back in the U.S., he's like, all right, who replaced me? Yeah. Uh, I, nobody. I, no, I, I think he probably checked his phone. I'm just guessing right now. Um, okay, so that's not a surprise. It isn't. This is going to continue with Cliff Kingsbury. I, I think this is just me. I think when we get the full 30-30 of Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> and what he did in 2021 where they won 11 games and then the collapse at the end of the season, I think once we see everything, and no metaphorically speaking, it's where the bodies are buried, I think we're all going to marvel that Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals won 11 games. He gets he gets a rap. That's oh, he was, Cliff Kingsbury was a bad coach. Cliff Kingsbury wasn't a bad coach, in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen. He wasn't. I, I think he was dealing with a lot of stuff. We have no idea what he was dealing with. Well, we're going to see because as it stands right now, if, if they go down that path with their interviewing Lou Anarumo today, uh, I believe they've already had the second interview with Mike Kafka. That was at least the plan. So, I mean, if they if they go down the path where Kafka's the head coach and Vance Joseph is the defensive coordinator, isn't that kind of saying, like, yeah, Cliff's the only thing we really had to change? That's kind of what it's going to look like. We just changed from Cliff to Kafka. Uh, still <laughs> still a lot of stuff, though, to, to, to see how that, uh, how that comes up here in the next few days. Te- or who knows, weeks. Texas, your thoughts on the fans? Handle text line at 62620 right now. When we come back, uh, what is next for the Phoenix Suns following their trade for Kevin Durant? We're going to talk to Kevin Ray of Valley Sports. It is game day with K Ray. Suns play tonight. And that's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cash it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. Sons game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. Well, it may not feel like it, but the Suns do have a game tonight, too, Wolf. They actually did have a game last night. We all watched it. We're like, hey, that's not the Suns. That's just a couple guys and then some other guys in Suns uniforms. It, it was, um, it was, I think, an, an expectably and understandably flat performance, but they play again tonight. So joining us on the Arizona Sports Line, as he does for every weekday game day, it's Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, game day with K. Ray. K, what's going on, man? Oh, you know, just a uh, beautiful, cold, gray day in Indianapolis. <laughs> so other than that, you know, just a normal Friday. <laughs> not not the same here at all, i got to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it, is, it is not Phoenix. <laughs> Boy, that is amazing because it does. Uh, just That's the only memory I have of being in Indianapolis is gray. That's very interesting right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> what did you see last night, Kay? What did you see? from the Phoenix Suns in the game against the Hawks last night? Well, I, you know, and maybe, maybe I'm being too hard on them considering what, you know, what transpired, you know, 12 hours earlier, but I saw a winnable game. Um, uh, and I know my broadcast partner, Eddie Johnson, saw the same. And there's no doubt everybody was touched emotionally, impacted emotionally by, you know, seeing the departure of some of their guys. Um, but, you know, it was it was tough to see the Hawks 
serving up on a silver platter a chance for the for the Suns to win, and all they needed to do was maybe grab a rebound or two because um, they they outplayed the Hawks in virtually every other category. And uh, it's just, you know, I, I suppose you can chalk it up to. You know, they, they hadn't fully emotionally recovered from what took place. But, um, you know, I, I think it would go down as kind of a, a disappointing loss because it, it was, like I say, it was a very winnable game had uh, had they just kind of corrected one category. I mean, you can't get out-rebounded 59-35. to 35. No. Uh, we're talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports. Anytime you bring up rebounding, obviously DeAndre Ayton's name's going to come up. Now, I said this earlier in the show, okay, I, I kind of just give everybody a pass last night. And DA had 23 points, but he only had two rebounds. And, and to me, at least, that's kind of his role more than anything going forward when you have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. If I'm Monty Williams, among other things, but the main thing I'm saying is, look, DA, just can you get us, just get the rebounds. And if Devin Booker somehow misses a shot, get the rebound and give it to Kevin Durant. Do you think his uh, his role changes at all with the way this team is being restructured? Uh, no. No, not at all. I mean, look, in, in many respects, his his life could get even easier uh, when you add a, a playmaker extraordinaire like a, you know, Kevin Durant. I mean, he will conceivably make everyone's life easier because of his ability to to do things that, that quite frankly, uh, really only Devin Booker has been able to do. But, but KD, even with his handle at his his height is able to, to do and get places that the book is not able to do. So no, his role doesn't get, doesn't get changed. Um, it, it just, to me, it underscores the importance of understanding what is needed of you, what your role is. Uh, and, you know, because I, I brought it up with EJ last night during the telecast, just trying to get an understanding. I mean, I've, I've never been a player. I certainly have never had, you know, friends traded in situations like that. So I didn't know if I was making too much or too little of it. Um, but so I, you know, I wanted to ask EJ, so how, how, how did you deal with it as, as a player, both in getting traded and seeing guys traded? And, you know, did, can, can it linger through a game? Because it certainly felt like that in the first, you know, seven or eight minutes. And, you know, I mean, this is a guy who played 17 years in the league, so EJ kind of knows what he's talking about. And, you know, he brought up the point. It's like, look, like everything else in life, um, if you're dealing with stuff off the court, the game is your sanctuary. The game is your escape. The game is your opportunity to put all that aside and go out and make something special happen. Um, so, you know, that, that's why I say it, it, it was it was a, a winnable and a gettable game, and I know everyone one was still kind of caught up with the euphoria of of the trade, but you know you can't lose sight of where you're out in the standings, and every game matters. Yeah, you know that's amazing to hear you say that because I totally agreed with Eddie and his take on this, and I totally understand it from a former professional football player's perspective. Again, this happens all the time. Your teammates come and they go. Sometimes they're traded. Sometimes they're cut. Sometimes you're traded. Sometimes you are cut. But just watching them last night, it just seemed to me that Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson impacted one guy more than anybody else, and that was DeAndre Ayton to me. Would you agree with that, Kay? Uh, no, uh, wholeheartedly. And, and look, I get it. it. It's his first experience at 
at seeing, you know, guys that he's close with go. But, you know, this is not a first or second year player. You know, you, you know and understand the game. You, you know, you are a pro. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, and, and, you know, the thing that a number of people were talking about is like, you know, he, he had a chance to join the the likes of a, a, a Will Chamberlain with another monster, you know, 30, 15 kind of game. And those are the things that I think you you want to look at and say, you know, that greatness is attainable. But yeah. you, you have to go chase greatness. It, yeah. Greatness does not come to you. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, K Ray, we, we we had Jerry Colangelo on earlier, and uh, he mentioned a couple things. He you know he mentioned how on board he is with Kevin Durant and how he is that sort of guy that just loves the game and isn't a distraction and all that stuff. But he also mentioned that Matt Ishbia actually called him before making the trade, and I just want to get your reaction to that because to me that's one of the best things you can do as Matt Ishbia. Yeah, go out and make that great trade for Kevin Durant. I you know that's huge. That's a it's a big splash. It puts you on the map. But within this community, if you're gonna own the Phoenix Suns or any team really, I think talking to Jerry Colangelo is is probably a pretty good thing to do. Uh, look, uh, you know, without delving too far off of the off the path here, uh, it, it, first off, yes, uh, you 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 applaud that, and you that move alone is just another reason why you know Matt Ishbia, along with his brother, has been wildly successful at growing a a small company started by his father into a multi billion dollar corporation um, because he understands the landscape. And, you know, the thing he said in his press conference the other day is what really stood out to me. And it, it emphasized what I, I felt like I knew about him, what, what I've read and seen and heard. It, you know, he said, I'm not going to come in and, you know, I'm not here to like make sweeping changes. I'm going to, I'm going to watch. I'm going to listen. I'm going to observe and I'm going to learn. And that that's how the great ones do it. And and part of that learning, he understands who Jerry Colangelo is, what Jerry Colangelo means a to this organization and to this city. And we talk about it all the time, guys, how they're there, whether it's players or business owners, you have unlimited resources available to you to help make your transition into things like this readily available. It's just a matter of picking up the phone and and asking for them, talking, uh, inquiring. And so that move alone should send, you know, I mean, uh, unbelievable kind of uh, not alarm bells, but chimes, you know, victory bells, if you will, to hear of a new owner reaching out to a guy who means so much to the Phoenix sports landscape. Hey, Kevin, I have to ask you quickly, how long did it take you to think of Kevin Durant as a Phoenix Sun this morning when you woke up? How long did it take you? <laughs> I mean, look, we, we were still talking about it on the, you know, on the flight from Atlanta here to Indy last night. And, you know, I, I, the, the best part was, I don't know if you guys saw the open last night for, for the game, but 
you know, when Eddie Johnson was talking about, yes, the, you know, we were all kind of hit emotionally and losing guys like Mikhail, Cam, and, you know, and Dario because of who they are as yeah. people and what they meant to, you know, laying the groundwork for a team that got to the finals. But EJ says, but you're getting traded for Kevin freaking Durant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I woke up saying. Yeah. We have Kevin freaking Durant on our team. <laughs> okay, Ray, great Thank stuff you, as bro. always, man. Thank you. All right, boys. Have a good weekend. Right, anything good, by the way? Uh, you cut out. What'd you say? Anything going on this weekend? No, oh, yeah. no it's a pretty quiet weekend. I, I, I've been out of town, so I'm just, yeah. just curious. Yeah, that's a zoom, I bro. Need to... You're not missing anything. Just hang out in Indiana. Uh, all, right. all right. All right. Thanks. It's Kevin Ray Valley Sports joining us on the uh, the Arizona Sports Line. The Phoenix Suns, of course, just acquired superstar Kevin Durant from the Nets. We're giving you the chance to be the first to get his Suns jersey. Text KD to 62620 and register to win a Phoenix Suns Kevin Durant jersey. That's KD to 62620. Speaking of the Suns, Wolf, when we come back, which names should they be targeting in the buyout market? Because that's probably the next step for them. we got some names for you to look at next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Media Row. All right, Media Row coverage brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings. It is Wolf and Luke out here at uh, at Media Row. Um, I don't know where Wolf went. <laughs> he appears to be trying to rustle up some uh, some additional guests for the show. But we're going to look at uh, at some of the names that have put out there. Um, the Kevin Olson, or Kevin Olson and Kevin Zimmerman put together a nice uh, piece, Empire of the Suns, on, on ArizonaSports.com, looking at some of the names that are or are probably going to be out there on the uh, on the buyout market and that's probably the next step for the Phoenix Suns. You trade for Darius Baisley, uh, you go ahead and you you obviously you get TJ Warren in that Kevin Durant trade as well. You get Kevin Durant, but you don't really have a complete roster yet. And so you're going to have to hit the buyout market for a guy like Will Barton or a guy like Reggie Jackson, a couple of the names that are out there. And Reggie Jackson in particular is somebody that is, uh, has been linked to the Phoenix Suns, uh, assuming he's going to be out there. Um, what's up, Aaron? So, Charles Barkley, actually on NBA on TNT last night, said the Suns need to hit the buyout market to increase their depth. Good now. You're going to need a good bench. You can't go to war with just KD, Booker, and Aiden because the West is so loaded. They gave up a lot. So I think the buyout market, I'm going to be watching that for my sons. Our starting unit, we're good to go. But to to win three series just to get to the finals, your bench is going to be huge. It's. I mean, you 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 go out and you get the main pieces you have to get. Like it's it's like that old saying of some stuff you can't teach or you can't coach. You go out and get Kevin Durant because you're not gonna be able to get a guy like that. But you gave up some depth. You're already kind of thin on depth anyway, and especially now with Devin Booker still working his way back into the lineup. I mean, obviously, you know Kevin Durant's not playing yet, and he's not here. T.J. Warren wasn't here, so you're gonna need depth on this uh, this roster if you're serious about making a deep playoff run, which they obviously are. So Barkley, Chuck's he's, he's spot on right there. I'm I'm kind 
kind of shocked at some of the names that are potentially out there. Will Barton's a pretty good player. Reggie Jackson, Suns fans certainly remember what he did to them uh, in the playoffs, or almost did to them in the Western Conference Finals when he was with the Clippers and couldn't miss a shot in that series, Wolf. Uh, Danny Green's name has been tossed around. Terrence Ross, Justin Holiday, who you know spent a little bit of time with the Suns. John Wall, his name also out there as well. John Wall is an interesting one. <laughs> and then Russell Westbrook's name's been floated, okay. but I, I can't imagine. I, I don't remember if Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook like each other or don't like each other anymore. Yeah. It's gone back and forth so many times. Right now, John Wall. John Wall. John Wall. You're talking about a mad king. Well, I don't, we don't need. Okay, I, I'm just saying that is that is a guy right there is so incredibly talented. It's not even funny, John Wall, and yet a guy that has I, I think underachieved for the player that he is. Well, it's, it's it feels like the last couple of years, and I know it's been injuries, but it feels like he almost has been retired for a couple of years. Now, he's been playing for the Clippers this year, and he actually hasn't been that bad stats-wise. The Clippers are such a weird team because they are the, the kings of load management. You know, yeah. Kawhi never wants to play. John right. Wall can't play as much. And then you have guys that only play when Kawhi isn't playing. So it's, it's hard to get a read off that team stats-wise. The name that really stands out the most most to me is Reggie Jackson just because I feel like he would step in and be like, look, I'll get you some points. You know he can do it quickly off the bench. He would know his role on this team would probably be like the seventh man. But the, the overarching point here is this is the next step for the Suns. You're going to have to hit the buyout market. And you're, if not the destination for these guys now, you're a destination. Boy, I was just going to say that right there because you know the Phoenix Suns, they, they have a depth issue right now, especially when you're talking about the perimeter out on the wing and they need these guys that's the reason why this is really exciting to me because i do believe a guy like reggie jackson will improve the phoenix suns i do believe that this is a guy that is also a pretty good two-way player he's not a bad defensive player by any stretch of the imagination at least not in my opinion at all and i know we've got recency bias right we look at it and we know that he lit us all up in the conference finals and it's one of the reasons why, you know, hey, Reggie, get this guy, Reggie Jackson. Um, but we if one know of these guys do. doesn't work out, big deal. You're not giving up anything for him, you know See, what I mean? That's what I, exactly right. And it's the reason why Phoenix is going to be the destination for a lot of guys like this. You were talking about this yesterday, and I absolutely agree, but Phoenix is going to be a destination, and it's going to make them better. I'm really excited about this now because of the star power that is here. Are you kidding? me. <laughs> you get bought out of your contract and you have options to go somewhere. Oh, the Phoenix Suns want you. By the way, they've got Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. They have Chris Paul as well. DeAndre Ayton is here. This is a golden opportunity for not just a guy who's a point guard, but also somebody who's a, a wing player, a, a number three, a small forward, whatever it may be. This is an opportunity to come here and win a championship. Well, and Chris Paul, that's, that's a it's a good name to bring up because I think a lot of us look at Chris Paul like, all right, you know, he's got one more year. We'll see what he can do this year. Around the league, that is not how he is viewed, especially by fellow players. Nobody's looking at Chris Paul like, oh, well, he's almost done. They're looking at like, <laughs> the guy is inhuman. I think most players assume he can keep going, so that is absolutely a selling point because that's a guy that's going to get you the ball in a good position to score, and Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are going to take all the coverage. <laughs> so 
So it's not just you're going to go play for a, a title contender. Your job's going to be a lot easier here in Phoenix because Chris Paul is going to get you the ball and nobody on the other team is going to be covering you. You know, and we were talking about this yesterday, of course, and it's been one of the focal points of people that really understand the game of basketball and know it schematically and can grease it up on the board. But the fact that, again, Devin Booker, how many blitzes is Devin Booker going to see? How many blitzes is Maybe a couple at the beginning, but you're not going to be able to keep doing it. The desperation. Yeah, of course. You're going to try to mix it up and, and do a lot of different things, but you can't give it a steady diet with this team going forward because, once again, Kevin Durant is out there on the wing. And how does that facilitate the job for Chris Paul and help him actually facilitate even more? Uh, I, it's that dynamic I can't wait to see. And then you throw in the DeAndre Ayton, and maybe this is this is exactly what James Jones and Monty Williams has been thinking about this whole time, is what it's going to do for Chris Paul and how it's going to light up the in and the out for the Phoenix Suns. This is why this is why you have to make that trade. It, it's like it's like you bought the house, right? And you know you got the right house. Now you just got to buy the furniture. And if you mess up with the furniture, fine. The furniture's not nearly as expensive as the house. You've got Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. But you've got Durant and Booker. So the other pieces now, the supplemental pieces that you need to go out and get, you can get them in the buyout market where you don't have to trade. And if, if you bring them in and the guy doesn't work out, then they can get out. Guys are going to come in here. Nobody's going to join this team thinking, hey, I'm yeah. the guy. You know what I mean? Yes. So you, you have you have that working in your favor. Is it wrong that during the show I've pulled up Mikel Bridges' contract status just to see when he's an unrestricted free agent and could come back to Phoenix? Yeah. Yeah, 2026. No. Really? Yeah. Okay, good. Not that far away. This city would now. open its arms to Mikel Bridges always. You know, your analogy was pretty good right there as well, you know, with the selling the house, whatever. It wasn't as good as the Josh Allen well, one. Well, I tried. You know what? I'd almost like to go back to the Josh Allen one and, and edit that <laughs> to make it Joe Burrow. You have to tell the basement audience right now, what was the Josh it's Allen the, one? The, the Mikel Bridges <laughs> dealing him and Cam Johnson in a trade for Kevin Durant is like getting Josh Allen, or I would maybe upgrade it to Joe Burrow right now. Getting Joe Burrow, but you had to give up Buda Baker. Yes. You know it's the right thing to do, <laughs> but now you don't have an identity. <laughs> so you're just kind of out there confused. All right, coming up next, we'll get you caught up on all the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.